Welcome to the Hunt League Podcast, where we share hunting stories from the field that help pave the way for others to follow. They just kept making their way up, and he ended up walking right to me at 45 yards, and boom! This is your host, Jared Newman. Let's get started. All right, on today's Hunt League Podcast, we have Jake May 13. We are about halfway into the year, and uh, I was looking at the leaderboard earlier today, and we've got a newcomer, Jake May 13 is the username. So, uh, Jake, I think there's a lot of people in the Huntley community that want to know who is this guy that is dominating the leaderboard. So, uh, we're going to do a whole podcast just introducing you, who you are to the Huntley community. And uh, so, it's an honor for me to get to sit down with the Huntley user. You are Jake May 13, uh, coming from Minnesota. Is that right? That's right. And so is, is your name Jake May? I'm, I'm assuming 13 is not your name, but uh, last name May? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Jake's my first name, and May is actually my eight-year-old uh, Black Lab's name. <laughs> okay. So you mix your username. Now, is that a, a hunting dog you have or just a good companion? Yep. She's, uh, she's a hunting dog, that's for sure. She does ducks and geese, and she's really good at doing pheasants as well. Man, I love it. Okay, so Jake, this is an intro episode, man. There's people that have signed up and are hunting, scouting all around the country, hunting different species. Then there's this newcomer from Minnesota that is leading the pack above some of the guys that were, you know, some of our outdoors of the year candidates last year. And, you know, Crayson McBride, who won last year, he was off to a pretty good start, shot several coyotes at the beginning of the year. Uh, Garrett... Uh, Weaver has been one of our top candidates, and he just got a bear the other day. But despite some of their efforts, um, you're sitting on top right now. We're about halfway into the year. It's the end of May when we're recording this episode. And uh, people want to know, who is this Jake May guy? So give us just a couple minutes. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, maybe a little bit how you got into hunting. Yeah, I'm Jake. I'm 27 years old from southeast Minnesota, um, where I live it's about 10 minutes to Wisconsin and 15 minutes to the Iowa border. So uh, a lot of opportunity around here to, you know, bounce around different States and do some Turkey hunting. You did, you put Turkey as your primary species. So everybody, when they create an account, they put in what, what's a primary species is, is Turkey your favorite species to hunt or how come you put Turkey or was it just when you signed up for hunt league, it was Turkey season. So you just put Turkey. Is that really your primary species or what's, what's your favorite species to hunt? Yeah. When I signed up, it was early spring and it was turkey season. So that's what I put down because that's what I was going after this spring. And uh, I say my primary species, I, you know, I consider myself a waterfowler. So, but we also, where I live, we have a pretty strong uh, deer hunting community. So I do that as well. No, everybody listening to the podcast, they don't get to see what you and I are seeing because we're doing this over a Zoom call. And right over your head, I'm seeing several different uh, whitetail bucks that are all really nice deer. So how, how long have you been whitetail hunting? Um, well, pretty much my whole life. I mean, I've been sitting with my dad, you know, since I turned 10 years old and uh I actually shot my first deer out that night too, when I was sitting with them at 10. So, so your first night ever hunting, you shot a deer. Well, 
as far as I can remember. I mean, that's the one that sticks out the most. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. So you just, I mean, you just recently signed up in the app and, and here you are leading the way. Um, in order to be leading the way at this point in the season, I mean, you're outpacing some of the guys that have shot bears, some of the guys that have shot coyotes. Uh, so that means you've logged several hunts and you've also been successful on several hunts. So give me a, a, a little bit of a recap of 2022 so far. What has this season looked like for you? I, I think primarily it's just been, you've been logging turkey hunts. Is that, is that correct? Have you been doing any predator hunting? I mean, there's not a whole lot of other options right now this time of year. Yeah, this time of year, pretty much just doing the turkeys. Uh, try to get out and find some morels and sheds. But yeah, I mean, this year we uh, kicked it off on in South Dakota because that's the season that opens up the earliest anyway. So we're out there April 7th. And we pulled in up there and it was no joke. It was a constant 33 mile per hour wind and there was precipitation that was going sideways right into your eyeballs. So every time you tried to look in glass, like, you just get pelted in the eyes. But you can't hear so. anything in, in, in that kind of weather. And what, like, I don't, I haven't done enough turkey hunting and I've never done turkey hunting in weather like that. So did you see any turkeys with side winds and rain precipitation on that day? Yeah. So in the country that we're hunting in, it's all pretty much open besides a few thickets. And, uh, and especially that time of year, these turkeys are all grouped up. So they're in these big flocks anyway. And so our number one game plan is just to get to a high spot and try to pick them out. I mean, the first year I was out there, I did call one in, but this year and the year prior, the whole game is just to see where that group is going and use the terrain to your advantage and get in front of them. So it's all spot and stock turkey hunting. Most people, when they think That's of spring right. turkey, it's goblin, it's talking turkey. You know, you're, you're doing little hen calls and whatnot to get them in. Uh, but you're spot and stocking, huh? Yeah. Especially in that terrain. I mean, that's very specific because as soon as I come back, you know, to these, you know, Minnesota or the surrounding states, then it's all, you know, nitty gritty. We're calling them in, you know, we're getting close. Okay. So what do turkeys do when it's howling, blowing wind like that? Are they on the ground just doing what turkeys do normally or do they stay in their roost or like, what do they do in weather like that? Uh Honestly, we just picked them out on a side hill and they were going over the side hill and, you know, we kind of thought that they'd be down low and where we saw them, they're up high, but yeah, they end up going right down to a creek bottom. And actually I, I had my brother go first because the last two years I've, I shot a bird right away, right away in the morning. And I didn't really want my hunt to end, you know, <laughs> are so, you hunting? Were you hunting private land, public land? Uh, it's all, it's all public land. Unreal. So you got out opening day in the howling wind and rain and were able to get, be successful or no, did you guys not fill a tag that day? Uh, not only did I fill my tag that very first day, but my brother did and my dad did. So all three of you guys got a bird that day. Is that a place that you've hunted year over year for a long time? I've hunted for the last three years. My brother and my dad have hunted it for the last four. So they kind of learned it the first year. Okay. That's uh, that's actually pretty inspiring. So that was the start of your season, logging three turkeys same day. Uh, go ahead and uh, give me some of the follow-up. So, Because I, I know you didn't just log one day of hunting so far. So you started your season in South Dakota. Where'd you go from there? Yeah. So when I was out in South Dakota, actually the only turkey I logged was my own, but actually I wanted my brother to go first that morning. And cause we saw where the group went to and they went down to this creek bottom. 
so I had my brother, you know, like, you know, go for them and try to see if you can get one. And so I stayed put and he went creeping along the creek bottom. And, you know, a few minutes later, I ended up hearing a shot. I'm like, sweet. You know, he got one first. So I just kind of started making my way towards him. And all of a sudden I just ran into the whole group of turkeys. There had to have been at least 30 turkeys in a group. So they all started running up this, the spine of a ridge. And so I got on the other side because it's a pretty steep ravine. And I just started kind of shadowing them. And on my side, I had all the trees. And on their side, they're in the wide open. So I just kept creeping along with them. And until I got to a point where the first time I thought I could shoot them, I was at 60. I was like, nah, you know, I don't need to shoot that far right now. And so I just kept going, kept going. And finally, I got to an opening where I was like, all right. And so the whole group, actually, I let the whole group walk by me because I noticed that there was a, a gobbler in the back that looked like he had just gotten beat up. So I just, you know, sat tight and they just kept making their way up and he ended up walking right to me at 45 yards and I shot him. And then I met up with my brother after that. I asked him, I was like, where's your turkey? And he's like, I I missed. I was like, no way. So that was all we said for that moment because we are on the group of turkeys still. And so we went, we went after the turkeys and went up sliding down a hill and my brother actually did a couple calls and made a couple of the toms come right to us and he ended up shooting one so I asked him like you know I saw the whole group and I waited till the last gobbler got to me because I noticed he looked like he was a little beat up like you know like he just got his butt kicked by the other birds and I was like do you think he might have hit a turkey and he's like yeah I'm like well I killed that one (laughs) (laughs) I did the finishing shot okay so how, how long in the day was that? Was that all still the first part of the morning on opening morning or or was that the evening or wh- where are you in the day? Yeah. So that was, well, I'd say we all had our, all three of us had our birds by 11. So wow. this was probably about, I can't remember what I lied. It was probably about 930, I would say. Okay. That I shot mine. Did you guys shoot all three birds out of the same flock? Did you just stay shadowing that same flock or did you get on a different group of birds? Oh, it's actually a pretty good story. So yeah, I shot my turkey. I slid down, met up with my brother and we got on that same group because there was there was uh, nine toms in this group. So Craig ended up shooting his. And then this whole time, we have no idea where my dad went because we assumed like he was close by, but we had no idea where he went. So Craig shot his bird and then... The whole flock of birds ran off, and all of a sudden, we just hear boom, boom, boom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm assuming that's oh, your dad, whole... and he's trying to fill three tags one for him and each of you guys. No, it actually, we so Craig, my, my brother's name is Craig, and so we ended up actually walking towards my dad just as we stood up to go walk towards him. We actually heard boom, boom. <laughs> so he actually shot five times, and we're like, oh my. I hope you got that bird. <laughs> I hope there's something so, left of it. <laughs> kind of dumb luck. The whole the whole group of birds just ran right at my dad. It turns out, That's who was funny. actually like th- must have seen the group as well and was moving in on them. So, how many days had you guys planned to be out there? Were you just going to be out there that weekend, or did you did you plan a week long trip and then it took you one morning? Uh, so we we drove through the night and we got there Friday morning. And we were planning to come home Sunday. So we all ended up shooting our birds. And, you know, we were out of there at noon, heading back to Minnesota. We weren't even gone 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like an epic trip. I think if you need 
uh, a volunteer to come to come help you shoot a fourth bird next year just just hit me up in the app um that's pretty amazing that's good. yeah um all right but that wasn't the end of your season so your turkey season started out with a bang and your dad's five bangs but uh what uh <laughs> what, what came on the heels of that so i i came back to minnesota and it was pretty cold and uh in the past i've always hunted the first season but it's always kind of like a a gamble because you know you could have snow yeah. it could be really cold actually i have a friend and i was like you know what let's go turkey hunting you're you go buy a tag and we'll go and his almost even a better story because uh we were doing some scouting on a friday because he's gonna hunt the saturday sunday of the season and we were driving past some public land and there's a gobbler standing there probably i don't know maybe 40 yards off the road i was like no way but we didn't, our mistake was we did not even bring a gun with that day. We were just <laughs> trying to go scout. And so we, his uncle's got some land that we were able to hunt on. And we went there uh, that morning and we didn't see anything. Uh, we heard a distant gobble, but by like nine o'clock, we're like, all right, let's go check out that public land. You know, there's a gobbler there yesterday. You know, he might still be there. So we head that public land and we got up on this ridge and, we were probably there for an hour and a half, just did some calling about every 20 minutes, just trying to strike something up. And we're like, all right, well, that was a fail. So we stood up and we went to the, the spine of the ridge where just on the other side was where we had seen that bird the prior day. And we no more than pop up. And there he is, stand down there at the bottom. No way. At this point, yeah. At this point, he's at like 70 yards. And like, I'm like, immediately i'm like all right buddy let's go and it, you know we're just gonna do a loop around because the ridge kind of goes down you know back towards the truck and so we loop around and we get set up on the hill and i knew that you know if you stay if you're still at the bottom we'll have about a 45 yard shot yeah and and he did and you know that turkey walked right to 45 yards and i'm sitting there at his heels you know trying to peek over this ridge i'm just like you know shoot shoot Get him. <laughs> but i can't i can't i can't say that to him because you know he's you know he's completely laying down and that turkey's real close so some time passed and i can't see this turkey anymore and ends up being all of a sudden i see this turkey fly up i'm like crap and then all of a sudden he shoots i'm like i thought he just shot at a flying turkey but there turns out to be two of them and that turkey was at about seven yards. Seven the yards. Walk, the turkey, he let the turkey walk up to seven yards and he missed it. <gasps> no way. He missed it. Yep. So I think what happened was that that first turkey, you know, flew up and he was shooting at the second one that, which turns out was behind a log. So I think that turkey just ducked his head and, you know, at, at that distance, you know, you're, yeah. you're shooting a golf ball at Yeah, him. I mean, it's small. You're, nothing is spread out yet. Right. So, well, we, we didn't get too discouraged, you know, we, we actually, uh, made a phone call and, and we had a, a line on some, a different piece of land. So I we went to go check that out, but our plan was, you know, it was a, a place where if you just spent enough time that a turkey should walk by kind of thing. Sure. So we took the blind out there and we had the decoys and we were just going to set up and listen for the evening. And I was just doing the the routine of calling every 20, 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, you know, 150 yards behind us, just one just hammered. Uh, like, <laughs> At what time of know, day is this? Cause you already, you spent the morning. I mean, you've, this is your third location. So this isn't 
daybreak. They're not coming off the roost. Is this the evening now? Like, oh yeah, this evening. So yeah, in Minnesota, you can hunt a uh, half hour before sunrise until sunset. So okay, we had we had plenty of time. So I think this is probably about six o'clock. And yeah, that that bird fired up behind us, and I mean, he was already coming. He was coming hard. Next thing you know, we can hear drumming right behind us. Oh man, and yeah, that turkey steps out. And I actually had it, I actually uh, videoed it. This thing was just in strut and I was trying to actually get him to come out of strut, you know, so he could shoot him, you know, cause yeah. <laughs> his bird last year that, that he shot, he, he blew a hole right through the back of the fan. Through the fan. <laughs> yeah. So just trying to get that bird to come out of strut and, and you know, he, he didn't, but he, he stuck his head out just enough for us. Like shoot him. <laughs> get him. So, yeah, he hit that one hard. That's fun. So did you kill a bird that day or no? Nope. So I wanted to wait uh, just to let the season go on a little bit. You know, maybe those birds will become more vocal and the hens, you know, could be sitting on eggs or, you know, it's just so early in the season and they're not quite breeding yet. But yeah, yeah from there, uh, the ne- very next weekend, then uh, Buddy and I, we head to Missouri. Okay, so you've done South Dakota, Minnesota. Now you're in Missouri all turkey hunting right yep that's a busy spring man all right give me the give me give me the missouri rundown all right so missouri we actually met a guy down there last year uh you know there's four of us friends going down there last year and uh i guess you could say we were kind of a a rowdy bunch that like to have fun so we were at the the local bar which is a golf course you know, and it being that the locals just really loved us. And this one guy is just, just a great dude. And we were telling him that we were camping out, you know, and the ticks down there though, are just are unreal. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't sit down and without these ticks, uh, crawling up your leg or dropping down from the trees, they're just everywhere. And this local guy is like, well, heck I got a cabin. You guys come down next year. You guys go ahead and stay in it. So no so way. that's what we did. That's good yeah. news. So that was last year that you did that. And then this year you went and actually stayed at the cabin. Yep. It was just uh, me and my buddy this time. Our other two friends couldn't make it. Now, Missouri, it is a two bird state at certain times. There's, there's a couple different regulations. I've hunted Missouri before, but I don't, I don't remember. Is it like you can shoot two in the first week or, or no, it's like early on, you can only shoot one bird, but then later in the season you can shoot two. Is, is it something like, right. what's the rules there? Um, so yes, the very first week they have a three week season. So their first week, you can only shoot one bird during that first week. And then after that, you can shoot a second bird. So we were down there the very first week of the season. So even though we had two tags, we could only shoot one bird. Okay. All right. So give me, give me the rundown of how things went in Missouri. Um, for me, it didn't go so great we we're actually doing um we we're flipping the quarter for whoever goes first because we were hunting together okay the very first day my buddy uh flips going he got it so it, he was up and we actually this guy who let us stay in his cabin also let us hunt his land which is about 150 acres that he's got and so yeah my buddy was up and we went down there and we were in real tight to these birds. We're like, oh man, we're, we've never had, had uh, stepped foot on the property before either. So we didn't really know what was all in store for us, but we were set up, ended up being set up real close because we could hear them gobbling. So we went down there and they were just hammering on the roost and they just never seemed to come to us. And turns out there's a pretty good uh, crick in between us. And the guy we met, he's like, yeah, those turkeys just for some reason, they just don't seem to want to cross that creek. Hmm. like, 
Well, I guess we learned that one. So did you end up going to the other side or no? Of the creek? Yeah, we chased yeah. after him for a little while, but those birds down there, it was pretty weird this year. It seemed as as soon as they'd hit the ground, they would just be quiet. That's That makes it tough. So I'm assuming your season didn't end in Missouri. So no luck, no luck for you and your buddy in Missouri, or did he end up getting one? No, so that was just day one. The next two days, I actually won the flip, and it was really just a whole cat and mouse game. I had my opportunity, though, a bird, just like a sixth sense. I don't know what happened, but, like, I was just about to shoot him, and, like, because I just needed to close, like, 10 more yards so I'd feel comfortable because I'm not – I'm not into shooting birds out past 60 at all. So, and he just turned around and I just like, I'm like, God, really? I can't believe this is happening right now. He he turns around and he starts heading straight towards the truck in the cabin. And so I just shadow him at the same time. And like, just because they had some pretty good rolling hills there. And I end up being to where I know that I'm within a hundred yards of the truck and I creep a little bit further and I end up seeing this turkey and I can shoot him. But the only reason I can see this turkey is because he's highlighted against my truck. <laughs> so, so it was a that was a tough debate. Do I do I pepper my truck and get a turkey, or uh, do I let this turkey live? Right. So I could have killed a turkey, but it would have cost me. Oh man, it would cost me a little more than that. I don't I don't know what the lesson is to learn on that hunt. That's rough. Like, yeah. Oh, so bummer. Come next come next morning, I I didn't even flip the coin with my bias. I said, I said, Joe, I had my opportunity. It's your turn. And we went down, you know, down this deep valley and we are, we came in real tight to this Turkey and, and he ended up going the other way, but we were able to kind of loop around and get right up on the same bench as him. And it was just like one of those classic, beautiful Turkey hunts where that Turkey just came in right over the, right over the hill right into shooting range. And of course I'm sitting there with my gun I could have killed him so easily, but he needed to take a few more steps for my buddy. <laughs> I was just like, Oh, but he ended up taking those few steps and my buddy smoked him. So, okay. So it still ended with success. The, the Missouri trip, uh, it did. So your buddy, your buddy got that Turkey. Was he kind of the only Tom seemingly like hanging out in that area or, or did you have a couple Toms in the area? Yeah, I think there was probably about three Toms in the area and we were hearing some Jake's too, but. So you came home from Missouri and then what's next? Well, now it's my uh, Minnesota season. It was the first evening I could hunt, you know, with work. So I got off work and I was like, I'm going hunting. And I actually, I'm like, well, my first stop was going to be that public land where my buddy missed that turkey. So I, I went to the the public land and I went a little deeper down the ridge and I just set up and I was like, I'm just going to sit here for the evening. And yeah, that's my plan. Just to sit there and see if I can hear something, hopefully roost one. And if not, I was going to zip up to a, another piece of property I could hunt if I didn't hear anything. But I was sitting there and I was doing the calling every 20 to 30 minutes. And next thing you know, I just see this white, and red and blue coming right oh, through the brush i'm just like now. no way so I, I get my gun up and there's the tom is leading the pack and there's uh two jakes right behind him so i i couldn't shoot him and those turkeys came to about 45 yards i'd say and that tom jumped up on a log that was right behind a tree and i couldn't shoot him and then the two jakes kind of worked off to the right i was just like all right well i know which one he is and then Seemed like they started getting nervous because I I guess my hide wasn't that great because I wasn't expecting them to come from the direction they did. And then that turkey putted one time, jumped off the log and 
jumped right to where I had first seen him and I swung that gun on him and I shot him. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he got away. He he hightailed it back out the trail he came in, but you, you got it. You swung it around about 45 yards and put him down. Yep. So my first call was to my, my buddy who had missed that Turkey. And I was like, I just shot the Turkey. You missed. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> nice man. Um, so you, you got it between your dad, family, friends, that kind of thing. You, you got a few turkeys this year. Uh, you told me you recently got married. So give, give me a little bit of like, you know, this is a get to know you. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your wife. Do you have, do you have any kids yet? Do you guys, uh, does your wife hunt? Like, give me a little bit of that. Yeah. So I've been married for coming up on a year and I, I have a two-year-old daughter and uh yeah my wife she she likes to hunt just as much as i do and uh she's actually got the golden horseshoe in the family <laughs> and, and what it's does almost, the golden horseshoe mean well i'm not too embarrassed to say it but i guess uh yeah at my house she's got two bigger bucks than me <laughs> <laughs> all right and so what what is a big buck for you guys and is your wife from minnesota did she come uh she is she from missouri like where did your wife grow up yeah my wife is uh from wisconsin okay and we got we got quite a few wisconsin boys hunting in the app right now and there were some real nice deer that got taken out of wisconsin last year were are her big bucks taken out of wisconsin or are they from minnesota um her first buck is from wisconsin so she shot that one with the rifle that was when i had just met her I can't remember what that one scored. I think it was, uh, I think it was one fifty, when the one fifties, mid one fifties, I think. Yeah, it's a big Which old was, white tail. Yeah, it, it was just a really old deer. They said that the deer had no teeth left in its head, and it was just you can just tell how gnarly he is on the bases. He's got all those uh, those stickers sticking out, you know. But uh, this last year, I took her during our Minnesota gun season and i was sitting with her in the double in a double wide tree stand and <laughs> i just uh turn around and i i see this buck and i just like emily big buck and she's like no you're lying i'm like no emily huge buck get your gun <laughs> get your gun over me because he's coming up to our right and yeah that buck walked right up to probably 30 yards you know and we're shooting uh shotguns here with slugs and yeah she shot that buck and she high double lunged it and that thing ran up to 60 yards and he was still on his feet and i'm just like shoot him again and she tries to shoot him but the benelli didn't uh, eject the shell so i had to reach over and eject the shell for her and she ended up putting the gun right back on him and uh dropped him at 60 shot him right in the heart come on now that's amazing, man. And how big was that? Because you said that's that's the biggest buck, huh? Yeah, so that's the biggest buck. Uh, we actually had it scored, and it scored 168, and it also Ooh. had two broken tines. So it was uh, over 170-plus-inch deer. Oh, my goodness. That is phenomenal. So you met her. She was already hunting before you met her, so you did not introduce your wife to hunting you married a hunter. Yeah. So I, I seen a, a picture of her with a, a deer. And so I, I knew right away that, you know, she was a hunter. And I was like, well, I think I, I like that. So I uh, 
yeah, on the internet, I guess I just shot her a message and next thing you know, we got a two year old and we're married. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, congratulations. That's a lot of fun. So now that you have kids involved, uh, do you, uh, do you guys have to fight for who gets to go to the deer stand today? Do you take the whole family? How, how does that routine work? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of days where my uh, wife is not too happy with me. Because cause you're you're <laughs> heading to the deer stand and she's staying home or what? Yeah. All right. Well, but, you'll have to take some turns with her this year. I know you got a little bit of competition in you because you're going to want to shoot a bigger buck than she has. But uh, shooting something over 170 is a pretty pretty tall task. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really taken a, a hit on my duck hunting because I'm trying to... <laughs> trying to one up her, but I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Early on in the conversation, you said you really love, I mean, you, you almost said like, I'm a waterfowler, like as if that's your first passion or first love, you know, and then even though you put in Turkey and I think Turkey makes sense because you signed up for the app and it's Turkey season. So you just put Turkey as your primary. We've, we've talked a little bit of whitetail, but you have a real passion for waterfowl, huh? Yeah, I do. Uh, I can see the Mississippi river out my back window. So the opportunity is there and I've got a, a boat with a surface drive on it. So, you know, historically I've spent, you know, quite a few hours out there. Okay. Give me, give me this. Cause again, this is an intro to uh, Jake and it's not Jake May, it's Jake and then your dog's name, but username Jake May 13, <laughs> uh, leading the leaderboard at uh, the end of May of 2022. You know, what can people expect out of you the rest of the year? What kind of tags are you pursuing? Uh, sounds like everything's been a bang, bang, which is shotguns. Uh, do you bow hunt at all? Are you a muzzleloader guy? Uh, any other disciplines of like hunting that you are pursuing? Yeah, I, I do quite a bit of bow hunting. And actually, I was able to take a nice buck with my bow. I don't really get too much into muzzleloader, but yeah, pretty much around Minnesota, especially in the southeast corner we everything is shotgun <laughs> everything is shotgun and bow yeah so is it is it no rifle is it or is it like the south southern half of the state is is a shotgun only i i'm not quite sure i do think they can use rifles in the northern area i mean don't quote me on that but i know around here it's just shotgun muzzleloader and bow so what what other plans do you have the rest of this year um as soon as uh, september rolls around we're going to be after the geese we usually hit them pretty hard. And then uh actually just found out last week I drew a uh, a rifle bull elk tag. So wait a second. A rifle bull elk tag. And you found out last week. I'm trying to think what state released their draw odds. Are you are you in uh Montana? Is that did Wyoming. Release, you're heading to Wyoming this year on a rifle elk hunt yep have you ever hunted the west before uh i hunted the west last year for the very first time and i was actually able to take a a mule deer with my rifle now when you say west and you hunted the west for the first time some people consider the west like are you is south dakota the west for you is nebraska the west for you <laughs> because nebraska south dakota i mean you go into south dakota and there's sections of south dakota they would certainly qualify to me as the West. You've got pronghorn, you've got mule deer, you've got everything right there. But right. the dividing line that we kind of use is kind of that Montana down to Wyoming, into Colorado, down to New Mexico. And like, sure. I know some of those people that live right on the border states, you know, even like the Black Hills, it's like, aren't they 
isn't that kind of Western hunting? You've got you've got elk, you've got everything right there. So I, I kind of feel bad for drawing the boundary lines, but I mean, I think that's what Congress is always dealing with—that gerrymandering and all that business. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of how we define the West. So when you say you did your first Western hunt last year, where was that, and how far west were you? I was in the Bighorn Mountains in Wyoming. Okay. So that would qualify you in the Western Hunt League. So give me a little bit of that. I mean, what was it like coming from Minnesota? Um, and not that Minnesota is the flatlands, because there's plenty of hill country and stuff like that in Minnesota. But uh, what was it like for you coming out West and doing your first hunt? Right. So, I mean, living on the Mississippi, we do have uh, pretty steep bluffs, or so I had thought. But as soon as I got out there, uh, you know, I even tried to take a picture of one of the mountains and it just doesn't do it justice. It I doesn't, mean, those man. Things it just flattens huge. them. Like you, you take a <laughs> yeah, picture and it's like, oh yeah, just, yeah, that, that doesn't look too different than what we have. And it's like, no, 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 you got to come and set your feet on those mountains and it's a different ball game. Right. Uh, so t- tell me a little bit about that hunt. It was a, that was a mule deer hunt. Was it a rifle, a bow hunt? What was that? Uh, we, what we drew was a rifle tag. And so in Wyoming, if you draw a rifle tag, uh, might not be for the whole state. I'm not saying that just specifically where we were, we were able to buy a bow tag. So meaning I had never been out there. I, uh, my brother and I, we'd head out there in September, you know, just try to learn the area. And, and, uh, we actually ended up glassing up quite a few bucks. And so, um, but we were there and it was super hot. And anytime those bucks would ever bed down, it would be in the timber and, as soon as they had entered that timber, it was just like they were gone. Yeah, game over. Yeah, making a spot and stock bow hunting basically impossible. And so, how did that how did that trip end up? Did you end up finding one? Yeah. Did you pattern one, or how did that work? Yeah, so we learned a new area, found a really good uh, glassing spot, and we didn't turn up anything in September. So we went back with our rifle tags, and from that same glassing spot, I was able to glass up a buck right at daybreak, and we were watching him for, you know, some time on the hillside, hoping he'd bed down or something so we could, you know, start making a move on him. And he went back into the timber. I was like, ah, I think he's gone. You know, it's getting to be that mid-morning. I was like, all right, I'm I'm going to go get something to eat, you know, go back down to camp. I go back down to camp and my brother comes down. He's like, that buck just stopped or, you know, just stepped out. And I was like, no way. So we went, go back up there and, and sure enough, he was, he was out again. And he's like, my brother's... It's like, well, you spotted him this morning. So he's like, well, you should make your way over there. At least put yourself in the same area as he, you know, and if he does go back in the timber, he's clearly hanging up up there. So I started that long walk over there and I got up there on like the same bench as he was. And really, I just sat down kind of like, honestly, felt like I was hunting out, you know, back home, you know, just playing the waiting game. Cause we, obviously we do a lot of tree stand hunting. Yeah. And that buck, we ended up seeing a, a spike that he was with. He stepped out and I was like, no way is this actually happening. And sure enough, right behind him, that buck stepped out and he was at 70 yards from me. Which is an easy poke when you got a rifle. You're not dealing with a shotgun at this point. You got a rifle in hand. Uh, was it a good buck? Uh, yeah, it was. A, I don't know how you guys uh, score him out there for sure. But I mean, to us, he'd be a four by four. But uh, the one side, he's got a brow tine and they got three. So, yeah. That's so, pretty awesome. I'm counting the brow time, so he's a four by four. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a small brow time, but you're counting it. I know mule deer just don't get that like killer brow time that some of those cool whitetails get, but you know they'll, they'll they'll get a little something. They can get a couple inches up there. Yep. 
That's fun. All right, so looking at the rest of this year, you've got a Wyoming elk tag. That's good. That'll be big. When when is that season for you? Uh, it's in October. I know you said the geese will open up in September. Usually teal season opens up in September. Do you have any other ducks that open up in September or is the rest of like, you know, mallards and gadwalls and all that stuff? Is that later in the year? Uh, yeah, they do run a early teal here. I really haven't uh, dabbled much in that just because we're after the geese. You know, there's a lot more meat on a goose. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, we had Bigfoot decoys sponsor our waterfowl league last year, and uh, me and my son had the opportunity to go out with Barrett, who helps kind of run Bigfoot. And I was blown away. Like when we got, he was like, "I'll have everything set up. Just come meet me here." So he gave us kind of a little pinpoint to c- where to come find him. And when we got out there, I mean, it was like, oh. He didn't just put out like a dozen decoys because, you know, like <laughs> goose decoys are expensive. I mean, you go and buy right. especially like flocked heads and all that stuff. You know, I mean, it's 200 bucks for, you know, a dozen decoys. And uh, I mean, when when we go out there, like it wasn't like, all right, there's a dozen or two dozen. I'm like, there's 400 <laughs> decoys that he's got out in this field. And I'm like, between silhouettes, full bodies. I was like, oh, man, this is a different level of goose hunting than what I've done before. And it was yep. it was awesome. And my son, that was his first ever goose hunt. And he just had a blast. So he's been, I was asking him what kind of hunt he wants to do. That's the hunt that he's looking forward to the most. And I think it was just because he got spoiled going with, with Barrett from, from Bigfoot decoys. I'm like, I hope you don't get used to that because I don't have 10,000 decoys to throw out like that, but it was, right. it was pretty epic. Um, so you got that in September. You've got Wyoming rifle hunt in October. When does your whitetail season open up? Uh, usually uh, first week of November as far as our gun season, but um, usually around the middle of September, our bow season opens up and runs till December 31st. So it's it's a long time. And do you get one buck a year? Can you can you shoot a second buck, or what? What are the regulations there? Well, now we've uh, recently uh, entered into the CWD zone, so That's it's painful. kind of taking a hit on our bucks a little bit. But yeah, they'll give you a, a bow tag, a shotgun tag, and a muzzleloader tag to shoot a buck. Okay, so you can technically get three, and then what? How do your does work? Minnesota's not like a earn a buck state where you have to shoot a doe before you can get a buck. Yeah. No, just they, they'll go, especially in the CWD zone. I mean, you just go down to the bait shop and they'll sell you a $3.50 doe tag. Wow. And can you get multiple of those? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, man, that's going to be a lot of fun keeping tabs on you. Congratulations on where you're at at this point in the year. Um, looking in the Huntley Gap, I mean, there's so many things like I, I just added, uh, you know, XO Mountain Packs just, just jumped into the Western Hunt League. Uh, Western fly covers came in at the same time. Um, and then, uh, I think this upcoming week we're adding scree, uh, they're jumping into our Western hunt league. So I'm excited to see all those leagues continue to grow throughout the year, but looking at the different leagues, what title would mean the most to you? The, the waterfowl title, the Western hunt title, the, the on point experience, which is kind of its own league. It's not necessarily associated with the region or species, uh, outdoors of the year, but if you could win one league this year, what would it be? Oh man, you're looking for an answer. I don't think you'll like, but I, you know, I, I'm not really, don't really care if I win or not. I just, I just like to hunt a lot and I like to share with people. And if I was to win a league, 
<laughs> that's yes, a bonus. Icing on the cake. <laughs> I love that. I, I I would say that's the attitude that we want everybody that's in Hunt League to carry. Like honestly, that's the exact attitude because we want to make sure the core of what we're doing is just celebrating the everyday hunter, the blue collar hunter, and that's why when we look at the leaderboard. Yeah, we want to get to know you because you here, you know, here you're a newbie in the app, but you've positioned yourself well for this year. It's like, all right, let's get to know this guy. But uh, you know, a big part of our culture is it's not really about who shoots the biggest, who shoots the most. The leaderboard is always just a small part of the overall equation. But uh, I think it's been fun just getting to sit with you, get to know you a little bit better, hearing some of your passion. It sounds like there's not a time of the year where you're not outside. <laughs> um, and and you live in Minnesota, which means there would be times during your year that I would not want to be outside, man. That place <laughs> nasty cold. Yeah, that's what they make ice shacks for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, do you do any fishing? Oh yeah, I don't really do much fishing like in the summertime. But you know, around here, once it turns cold, like there's really nothing else to do. So we're definitely in the ice shack and catching fish. Well, uh, Jake, anything else you want to share with any of the Hunt League community? I just want to say good luck to everybody, and thanks for having me. Hey, how did you, uh, just my own random question, how did you hear about the Hunt League app? Where, how did you get connected to it? Born and Raised okay, podcast. Okay, you, you listen to the Born and Raised podcast, listen to Trent and Garrett kind of sharing about it. Uh, yep. So, I mean, that wasn't even all that long ago. So you listened to it, jumped on, started logging your hunts, and here you are sitting on top of the leaderboard. That's exciting stuff, man. Yeah. I think I heard about it like three days after my South Dakota hunt. I was like, I'm going to jump in on that. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of this. All right, brother. Well, thanks for, thanks for jumping on, introducing yourself to hunt league. And, uh, I wish you the best of luck as you head into the rest of this year. I'm sure we'll see a lot more posts and stories and community things. Uh, if you ever want to go back and record, like I would love to see some photos from your mule deer hunt last year. It'd be really fun to see some photos of, uh, of your mule deer hunt. Now that we've talked to you, uh, it'd be fun to see your wife's 168 buck from last year with the, with the broken tines. So I, I think there's going to be some people that at least just want to see those photos. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, throwing those up on the community page in the next couple of days, it'd be a lot of fun yeah. to see and celebrate. I that. Yep. So, I'll um, post it on. All right. Well, uh, if you're a hunt league user and you want to reach out to, to Jake, uh, he's Jake may 13, send him a buddy request. Jake, I'm, I'm just excited to have you a part of the community and I look forward to seeing what the rest of this year has in store for you. All right. Thanks a lot, man. All right, brother. Thanks for listening to the hunt league podcast. If you've not downloaded the Hunt League app, we would love to invite you to join our growing community. The app is available in the App Store right now with Android releasing later this year. If you're exploring hunts this year in the West, I would encourage you to go take a look at Hunt Score. I love the way they break down each unit across the Western states and put a score from 1 to 100 on everything from the ease of drawing, success rates, trophy potential, terrain difficulty, convenience, and even how crowded an area might be with other hunters, hikers, and campers. It's a phenomenal tool that will help you better prepare for success this year, whether you're hunting a draw unit or trying an over-the-counter tag. Check out HuntScore today.